When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, welcome to Claret and Blue. My name's Dan Rowan. I'm joined by a special guest on the channel today. It's Alex Berwick, who I love your Twitter, Alex. You're one of the most level-headed Villa fans on social media, which is uh, probably an accolade in itself, given the uh, up-and-down nature of social media. After we play a game or make a sign, and I always think, I wonder what Alex has thought about that. What was he? Because you tend to articulate things better than I probably could anyway. Uh, welcome to the show, finally. How are you? Thank you very much. Yeah, all good. All good. Not too bad. Paul, how are you? I'm in the upper floor of my, my house, and I've picked the most stickiest shirt ever to wear, apart from this season shirt, actually. Uh, for those listening, it's the 2004, I think, Hummel Cows shirt. Uh, it's very warm and sticky, but enough of complaining about the weather, because no doubt in a couple of weeks when it's cold, we'll be moaning about that as well. Today's episode is going to be the Villa Ladder. Now, this is something that I saw you tweet about during the summer and a concept that you've taken from Football 365. So do you just want to explain what the Villa Ladder is to our audience and what, and what we're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, it's something that Football 365 do for England after international breaks. So after Mm -hmm. the two England games that are coming up against Ukraine and Scotland, uh, they'll run another ladder from 1 to 50 of every eligible player for England and how likely they are to be in the 23 for the next tournament, Mm -hmm. basically. Not by how good they are, but it's by how likely they are to go. So how much the manager rates and what the competition is like. It's not necessarily the best player is always at the top, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. I had a little crack at the start of August, just before the season started, at doing something like this to try and work out their importance to Emery and where they might fit in. Obviously, that's changed a lot now because we've had a couple of big injuries and some more players come in. So yeah. it's probably an entirely different list now in terms of what I did weeks ago. I must say, I've had a go at doing this as well. I'm going to go through both, both of our lists today. I found the, in particular, kind of ninth to 20th, very difficult. Of all, any player there could be interchanged. And I think, you know, I don't think there's too many arguments. I found the top three or four pretty easy and the bottom three or four pretty easy as well. Yeah. So we've taken the 27 players listed on the first team section of the Villa website. And we're taking away three of those. Philippe Coutinho, who looks like he will complete a deal to Qatar at some point, And two that I'm really sad about still. Tara Mings and Amy Buendia, obviously not going to feature. So we've taken those three out to leave us with a list of 24 players. We're going to rank them in order of importance, in our opinion, to Unai Emery. So number one on the list is Unai Emery's most important player. And number 24 is sadly the least important uh, player to Unai Emery. That's the format we're going to try and do today. As always, reach out to the comment section on YouTube, get involved, try and complete your Aston Villa ladder as well. Now, Alex, do you want to do these starting at the most important or the least important? Uh, I don't mind. Should we start at the most important? I, I got this down between two players and my first and second. I think I couldn't I couldn't decide really who I went with first. 
as you're the guest, though, I'll allow you to reveal your number one on the Villa ladder first. All right. Well, I imagine my two top two are the same as yours. I imagine everybody's will be. But my number one is Ollie Watkins. I just cannot see a team in a game that Villa need to win that doesn't have Watkins in it. People can criticise the way he misses chances or have issues with his close control or some aspects of his game. The problem is, is that Villa currently don't have anybody else who's suited to that role, who's ready. So Mm. I think in terms of selecting a team, the first name on the team sheet is probably Ollie Watkins. Yeah, so the way I took this Villa Villa ladder, I know you said for the England example, number one isn't necessarily the best player. Pretty much my one to 11 is who I consider to be the first team in terms of importance to Emery. My number two is Ollie Watkins, uh, for all the reasons you've just said. You know, he's our only striker, really, of, of any pedigree and has to play. So, number one, and I assume number two for you, Emmy Martinez? Correct, yeah. Yeah, for exactly the same reasons. The drop-off between Martinez and Robin Olsen is huge. And that's not so much an anti-Olsen thing. It's just that Emmy Martinez is Ballon d'Or-nominated goalkeeper. He's very, very good. The drop-off to most second-choice goalkeepers is going to be big. But Emery yep. Martinez is obviously very important to the way Emery wants to play in building out from the back and just a key, key figure for us. I think it's a toss-up, isn't it, between those two for, for one and two on, on the ladder? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only reason I went for Watkins above Martinez was we could probably go to Burnley as we did and play Olsen and be all right because the yeah. team is so dominant. I don't know what that score would have been if Duran played instead of Watkins. I think that's the only reason I decided to put it in that order, basically. Yeah. Martinez has got more important for us in a lot of ways losing Mings and Buendia because he's just mm. another leader. Watkins maybe is a bit of a quieter type. Martinez is very vocal. In terms of even the things he does, like coming for set pieces, he's got a lot better at coming off his line and claiming set pieces since Emery's been there. And without Mings, that'll make a huge difference to us, I think. So, yeah, no dispute in there, the top two at all. Number three on the Villa ladder then. Again, like I said, I found the top five group of players relatively easy to select, but like picking the specific orders after one and two, again, some of these are going to be, you can pick a flip a coin and go, you know, fifth, fourth, third, you know, they're pretty much interchangeable. Who's number three on your ladder? Uh, Esri Concer. Oh, wow. Um, That is not who I've got. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, know, you know I said at the start about I can't judge my opinion based off yours I think my listeners are really there's a couple of things about McConsa. Um he's improved a lot since Gerard left and Emery came in yes. we haven't signed a right back in the summer and we have signed another centre back and it does look like the plan will be more often than not to use Conta at right back mm-hmm. but also Conta's played more than 100 Premier League games Carlos has had his problems with his injuries. And again, just looking at this from a logistical point of view, I can't see too many team sheets that don't have Esri Conta on it somewhere. A lot of other players I can see if they step out, this guy can step in. But across playing right back and centre back, I, I think Conta's going to play almost every game this season. Mm, agreed. Which <laughs> why I've put him where I put him on my list probably is <laughs> I don't know why I've done it to be honest. Like I said, I rushed through mine this morning and as, as I got to like number eight, I was like, oh, I don't know, anyone could go after these, to be honest. <laughs> um do you want me to reveal my one to twenty four like you do, or when you give a player that isn't mine, shall I say where concert is, or do you want me to wait? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, 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 go for it. So where's Ezri on your list then? So on my list, I've got Ezri Concert tenth. It's very. It's still first eleven, of course. I'm saying like he'll definitely plays in that first eleven of players, and I probably picked more. Well, I picked the forward players nearer the top as kind of if I'm picking an eleven. I don't know why. He's obviously definitely in that eleven, and like you say, covers both positions, and he is very important in the absence of Torremings as well. 
he's been very good under Emery, as you said, and should really be in the England squad for this inter- international break, which we have spoken about at length already. I'm absolutely fine with him being higher up that list, of course. If you said, you know, he's going to be number five, number six, I'd say, yeah, absolutely fair enough. I don't really know why he's as far down as 10th, but like you said, he's still in that starting 11. Um, yeah. So th- third on my ladder is John McGinn, captain. Again, same same as you, really. I, I think he plays absolutely every game. If he's fit and available, plays off the right side, can play further forward as, as a 10, could play in, in the middle too if we had injuries and things like that. So... I think John McGinn, if it plays pretty much every game for, for Villa, you know, if yeah. like you said earlier, if Villa need to win a game, John McGinn's fit and ready. He absolutely plays. So for 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 Unai Emery in terms of importance and getting that kind of work right, that work right and tenacity into the side, he's your captain. He's he leads by example. If I've got Emmy Martins and Watkins at both ends of the pitch, who have to play McGinn, if he's your captain, he has to play. So he's much higher on my list. Um, where does McGinn rank for you? Uh, I've got McGinn at five, so okay. top five. I think you're right. I think McGinn will play 97, 98% of our games this season. We've actually, as good as Diaby's been, and we'll get to Diaby in a bit, I think we've actually missed McGinn further forward in the two big away games we've had. It was a big difference between Anfield last year and Anfield this year for me, for a start. But yeah, McGinn will be in the team, no doubt. I mean, his renaissance under Emery has been magical to watch uh, because... I was one of the people who thought maybe when Gerard was here, that was his ceiling. You know, he was going to be a Me bottom half Premier League player. So I can't. I'm delighted for McGinn. Can't, couldn't be happier that he's, yeah, he's found his feet as captain. He's he's Mr. Versatile for us. Can fill in at any position pretty much and do a job. You know, if you needed him to play at fullback, he'd probably be excellent. Okay, let's go back to the ladder then. Number four for you. Who have you got? Uh, it's interesting because I had him a lot lower when I did this in August, but given how the season started, number four is Douglas Louise. Yes, um, me too. Okay, there you great. go. We go on the same. <laughs> Partly because of how brilliant Louise has been consistently over the last mm. 12 months now. I mean, he was our player of the year last season. You know, keeps adding strings to his bow, scores free kicks, takes penalties now. The way he uses the ball is phenomenal. People forget he's still what just turned twenty five. You know he's he's played a lot of games at the top level now. There is another slightly different reason Louise has gone up a tiny bit for me. When we signed Telemans, I assumed that Kamara would always play. Telemans would rotate with Louise basically. Mm. So you've got that sort of number six type, and then a more expansive, less defensive number eight than Louise is. If you want to play them two together in that pivot. Yeah. Actually, I've been a tiny bit worried about how Kamara's played in the games at Newcastle and Liverpool. So against Liverpool, Jules won the most, was Louise six. Uh, tackles won the most, was Louise three. And it's that's something I would have expected to be more Kamara's wheelhouse. At the moment, I just don't see how you put a central midfield together without Louise in it. He's been terrific. Absolutely, completely agree. And my list, my ladder being Martinez number one, Watkins two, John McGinn three is your, your goalkeeper, your centre forward, and your captain. Douglas Louise yeah. then was automatically fourth, as I think he's our best footballer, our best technically gifted footballer, so had to be uh, up there. And it, he's important, so important to the way Emery wants to play as well. Um, so just recap me your top five then, because you've got McGinn so, fifth, haven't you, you said? Yeah, Watkins, Martinez, Consa, Louise, McGinn. Okay, so very good top five. Um, Consa is not in my top five, so my, my fifth on the ladder is Paul Torres. Which okay. probably raises a couple of eyebrows, especially for me, given that I've had a couple of podcasts now going, oh, I'm not quite sure what Paul Torres. <laughs> I think this show is who's important to an Emery. Yeah. 
So when Torrings was fit and available, we signed Pau Torres. That's who Unai Emery wanted. He's worked with him before. The way he progresses the ball is is key to how Emery wants to play. Building from the back, can pick a pass to, to find a forward in behind, as we saw in that Hibs game. In terms of the four league games we played so far, if this was a ranking of who's played the best, Pau Torres wouldn't be in the top five because he's, he's had a shaky start and that, that's okay to say that. But I think if we, this is a list of who's important to Unai Emery and who does he trust to instill a style of play Pau Torres, I think, will be vital to that. And weirdly, I think if we were including Taro Taro Mings in the list, he would probably be in my top five, to be honest, yeah, for and, football and, and reasons and what he offers as a captain as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the only reason I didn't go for Torres in the top five, I mean, he's coming up soon. He's number seven for me, Torres. Okay. Um, the only reason I didn't include Torres in the top five is because when you look at the squad as a whole, obviously we brought Longley in and they're pretty similar profile players. So there, there is another option for Torres should Torres not play. Now, I'm not saying he won't play. He'll play every game he's available for, I think, Torres. But there, there is a replacement there for him. Whereas, like, I think Ponsa and McGinn would probably get shunted around and still be in the team. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Torres, I went to the Everton game. Torres was, it was fascinating watching him move the whole team around, if I'm honest. Mm. I mean, even when he didn't have the ball, he was directing where the ball should go. It was like a real education for me to watch a centre-half play like that. But there is the niggle with Torres as to how can he get up to speed in this league? Because even in that game, Dan Juma did him a couple of times. You know, mm. he was quicker off the mark. He was a little bit slow to react for the second goal on Sunday. And, you know, you, you, we've got no reason to doubt Emery. Um, he's worked with this, but he knows... Pau Torres a million times better than we do after four games of watching him. There's no reason to think he won't adapt. I wonder if we miss that domineering centre-half with Mings gone. And it's not necessarily mm-hmm. you need that player to play without... You need Torres to play... Somebody to play with Torres, basically. You don't know, don't know what... I haven't seen enough of Diego Carlos to know if he can do it yet. I mean, he's had half an hour at Newcastle and half an hour at Liverpool and he's been injured. The other games he's played in for Villa have been relatively comfortable for him. So it's it's hard to know what the best centre-back pairing is yet. But, you know, I'm sure Torres will find his feet and he'll definitely be in, in Emery's best 11, 100%. Yeah. Um, who's six for you then? Uh, Moussa Diaby. Um, yeah, me too. I, okay, good. I have been amazed by Moussa Diaby. For having seen him at Leverkusen a bit... It's not like I watch all of their games. I've got two kids. I don't watch tons of European football, but I'd seen him play for Leverkusen like a bit. I, I thought he was a better Leon Bailey, if I'm honest. Mm. I thought that's what we were bringing in. And something I was really keen for us to do in the summer was to sign somebody who could play with Watkins who could link the play a bit better. Um, I thought, you know, that was falling on Buendia or McGinn or Bailey. And I thought it was somewhere we might need a specialist. Um, and actually, I didn't see Diaby playing there, and he's been wonderful at it. His all-round game is much better than I expected. He's a threat. He dovetails nicely with Watkins in that he likes to pull over to the right, whereas Watkins will always naturally go left. Hmm. They're starting to have the makings of a really good strike partnership. Um be interesting to see when we're in December, and he's played 30 games already, how much he can stick at it. I'm not... I'm not sure that we won't need to rotate him out a bit as the season goes on but 
you know, his all-round game has impressed me loads. And I, I just, he'll play when he's fit. Yeah, I've spoken a lot about um, Mr. Diab on a couple of shows, notably yesterday, or I don't know when this is coming out, but me and James Rushton did a show. And I've spoken highly of Mr. Diab. I'm really, really impressed with him. Earlier on in the show, when you said that, you know, Ollie Watkins is super important and the, and the Burnley game is a good example of would that scoreline have been the same without him if, if John Duran is, is starting? Could you not see an instance where Moussa Diabe becomes the main number nine, maybe John McGee comes to be, become the support act, or Zaniolo is the support act? Is that not a more powerful strike force than Duran lead the line? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In some ways, I think the one thing that we struggle to replicate without Watkins is I think DRB could replicate his movement. I think arguably he's better on the ball. You know, there's Mm. probably not tons in it in terms of goal threat. When we are under pressure, and that will happen in, you know, half of our games, certainly most of our away games, Mm. um, Watkins can occupy defenders just by having his back to goal. Now, Duran might be able to do that. Duran's certainly, he's got the physique to do that. He's got the build to do that. He's got the willingness to do that. Can Diaby do that? I don't know. Maybe Zaniolo can do that. I don't know. I mean, again, I've seen him for about 15 seconds. So it's it's hard for me to give a real judgment on that. I mean, Emery clearly wasn't too worried about not bringing another striker in. Um, Mm -hmm. So I assume that if there was a long-term injury to Watkins, then Bailey, McGinn, Diaby, Zaniolo, Duran, they would find a partnership between there and we'd mm-hmm. tailor our game slightly. Could Diaby do it? I don't know. But then I didn't think he could play as a 10 really either. So I'm willing to be surprised. Number seven on my ladder. And actually, I'll do seven and eight together because I think these two yeah. were very much interchangeable because they've proven important to Emery's style of football without them. So I've got Jacob Ramsey seventh and Alex Moreno eighth. Jacob Ramsey is such a unique footballer. I don't think there's anyone really in the Villa squad who can do what he does and carry the ball in the way he does and push us further up the pitch, uh, added goals to his game and will continue to do so and be a, a very, very good footballer uh, for Aston Villa, hopefully for the rest of his career. would be nice. Yeah. And Alex Moreno, a signing that came in January and transformed the way we played hugely. Uh, Luca Dean cannot do the same things Alex Moreno can. He would help us play the high line that we want to play. And in a situation where maybe Dean would still play and be a more defensive, less-sided player, Alex Moreno could play further forward. Two players that are really important and could arguably be higher on the list to the way we play football because the first six I've got are so good. Seventh and eighth is where they had to naturally fall to, to get as, as high up as they are. Uh, who are your seven and eight? So seven, I've got Torres. And then my eight and nine are Moreno and Ramsey. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Ramsey can be as good as he wants to be. His progression has been incredible. Um, mm. and 
I do think certainly in the away games this season, we've really missed him because he gives you another threat, but also his work right off the ball. I mean, his, his work right off the ball to stay with runners, to track runners, to press, to put tackles in. You know, you watch Alexander Arnold playing at right back, coming inside on Sunday, pinging passes with nobody within mm. 15 yards of him. You do wonder if Jacob Ramsey's playing on that wide left, whether he's more inclined to go with him. And that yeah. is a lot harder than for Alexander Arnold. The only interesting thing for me with Ramsey is so if you've got Ramsey and McGinn, who are definitely going to play. You've got Luiz, who's definitely going to play. Kamara's probably going to play. Uh, where are the others going to play? Where's Zaniola going to play? Where's Tillman's going to play? Because <laughs> um, I agree. But then Emery's got the system where he likes the two tens. So one of those is going to be DRB. One of them will be mm. whoever plays on the left, whether it's McGinn or Ramsey. What happens on the right wing? Does McGinn not play? I don't know. Mm, I totally agree. It's very difficult to pick. You know, like I said, my one to eleven here is who I would consider to be kind of guaranteed starters if everyone's fit. But looking mm-hmm. at it, I'm not sure whether the system where all those could play together. No, exactly. Um, I mean, I think they can, and in the big games, they probably will. But I wonder how he'd set it up to play Ramsey on the left and McGinn on the right, or does McGinn mm. play off Watkins then, and then Diaby goes on the right? Yeah, possibly. Because yeah. then Diaby gives you the width, and McGinn and Ramsey can do the pressing. I don't know. Who ever yeah. will know. <laughs> I do not know. And then Alex Moreno, who I had at eight. I love Moreno. Absence makes the heart go fonder a little bit. I mean, mm. I was watching Luca Dean chase Mo Salah, thinking I wish Moreno was playing the other day. That's not a slight on Luca Dean. Like He's never going to keep up with him. Um, but I think the way Villa want to play and the type of goal we score a lot, which is from cutbacks rather than deep crosses is what we tend to mm. want to do. Cutbacks to the midfielders running on to McGinn or Ramsey or Luiz or whoever. Um, I think Moreno is so important to that. And, you know, while there will be instances, I'm sure, Dean, you will get rotated in, I would imagine in all the big games Moreno plays. Um, so that's your one to nine covered. My ninth yep. is Bubakar Kamara, which again, he's, he's probably lower on the list than he would have been 12 months ago. I think he was really important to the way we played at one stage. And he still is important, of course. But I think we've got better around him, so we're not as as, as reliant on having somebody who will just sit there and make us tick. I think Douglas Ruiz has improved a lot alongside him. And uh, John McGinn's vastly stepped up his game in the last year or, or 18 months as well. I still really like Kamara, but he, he again, if this was rated on performances so far, I think he'd probably be even slightly lower than ninth because I don't think he's had a, a great start to the season. And against the size where you, you might need a bit of a fight and to be a bit physical, he, he's looked a little bit lacking. But as the comment section told me a couple of weeks ago, he's still a young player. He's still somebody that can, needs to be afforded a bit of time and he will progress into a good footballer. But yeah, he's probably less important than I, than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, he's my 10, Kamara. There's not many games he won't play. He'll play pretty often. Um, it, it's a sign for me of how far Villa have come in the last 12 months. When, if we'd have done this under Gerard, most of us would have probably had Kamara in the top two or three yep. because we were crying out for that kind of player in mm-hmm. the system that Gerard wanted to play. As it happens, I've been a, probably for a, six months or so, I've been a tiny bit disappointed with Kamara. And again, this is more to do with us being elevated as a team than anything he's done. Yeah, but I think for, to be a really, really, really top player, I think we need to go to places like Anfield and St James's Park and you know Chelsea at the end of last season, where I know he had a knock, but he came off at half time. And mm. those games seem to be passing him by a little bit. Whereas the Burnley game and the Everton game and the Hibs and he he's he's far too good 
for those games, yeah. but not quite good enough against the really good teams yet. Part of that it would be why he's at Aston Villa and why he's not gone to a Champions League club to date. Um, part of that is that he's a young player and he will improve. And, you know, I have to be careful when judging players of that age because I was very vocally a supporter of Douglas Louise when he got a lot of criticism. Mm. And, you know, I was just like, look at his age and what he's being asked to do. So you have to apply those criteria to Kamara as well. And, um, you know, I'm sure come the end of the season, we'll all be speaking a lot more highly of him. But as you say, I don't, I don't think he's had the best start to the season. And I think there's a couple more gears he needs to go through over the next 12 months. Yeah. So my 10th, I think I mentioned it earlier, was Ezri Konzo, which again feels a little bit low, but I feel like I've made a pretty decent case for the nine players that have preceded him. So 11th for me then to round off what I'd consider to be our strongest 11, if they could all fit into a system, is Matty Cash just by default because he's the, the only natural right-back at the moment. I know Concer plays and pushes over there, but even then, Cash is playing further forward in, that, in the in the right-wing role anyway. So at the moment, I think Cash is important to, to Emery, but if we're doing a list here of 24, he's pretty much halfway. So, you know, it's not he's not crucial to us, yeah. but there, there isn't anyone else that can play right-back naturally. No, I mean, I went for Diego Carlos because I'm assuming that Concer is going to play there. Carlos is obviously very good, very experienced, you know, played at the very highest level for a very long time with an excellent reputation. Seems to be recovering from his injury. You know, that will take time. Difficulty for me is twofold. I don't know what he's like in the Premier League, really, because as I said before, we've only really seen him for an hour against decent opposition so far. And I don't know how many games he can play. He's one that come the end of the season, if he's got over his injury, could easily be in the top five. He could be one yeah. of the most important players for us. But at the moment, there's still some... Because I don't get to see him every day, there's still some question marks about him for me. Mm. But he makes it into 11 because I'm assuming that in where possible, Conser will play at right back in the bigger games and he'll go for Carlos and Torres. If you can run me through then your Villa ladder so far, 1 to 11, ranked yep. on Unai Emery's importance. Uh, I will have put graphics throughout this show on YouTube, by the way, but I'm keen to kind of keep repeating it for the people that are only listening so that don't lose track of where we are. 1 to 11 for yep. me, please, Alex. Okay, starting with 1. Watkins, Martinez, Consa, Luis, McGinn, Diaby, Torres, Moreno, Ramsey, Kamara, Carlos. Okay, mine is Martinez, Watkins, John McGinn, Douglas Luiz, Pau Torres to make the top five. Diaby, Ramsey, Moreno, Kamara, Consa, and Cash to round it out to be 11. Now, my initial draft for this, where, like I said to you before we started, after 11, I thought, a bit of a much of a muchness for for kind of 12 to 16-ish that I would consider yeah. them to be the first substitutes almost. Uh, yeah. could be rotated pretty much in any slot. Um, in my very first draft of this, Diego Carlos was a lot further down just because I was writing a list of names in those positions in any mm-hmm. order that came to my head. Diego Carlos landed down in 18th, which in terms of what he's going to offer to on Emery going forward, being one of the first choice centre-backs, cannot be 18th in my list. So I'm going to make a change to mine and put him 12th now. Again, for yeah. similar reasons to you, that because he's going to play, it's Cash, Concert, Carlos, all all those positions kind of linked together. So yeah. Carlos comes 12th for me now. Yeah, I mean, I've got Matty Cash as 12th, and I would agree with yeah. everything you said, except I would have drawn the line at 12th, probably. I think after Cash, I think that that's the group at the moment. The others have all, I don't know too much about, or they've got issues in their game they need to develop. I've been quietly impressed with Cash this season. I'm not Cash's biggest fan i don't think Mm -hmm. that's a surprise to anybody but i think he has he's got versatility 
you know, he took his goals against Burnley very, very well. And he played that position really well, actually, and was better yeah. on the ball further forward than I thought he'd be. Agreed. Um, he never gives less than 100%. And he's an, a, a valuable asset to have in the squad, even if I don't think any team who finished higher than Aston Villa in the league would have Matty Cash in their team. Hmm. I think we are, if he can keep up with Emery's improvement, if he can keep up with the level as we keep going, then he's done very well. Um, yeah. I think he'll play a lot of football this season and he'll be important to us this season. We're at the, we're at the halfway point, so we're going to do two at a time here because I think, like I said, these are pretty much, you know, you could rotate these and, and not kind of overanalyze, oh, he's not in the top 10. So for me, I've gone slightly different here with my reasonings and I'll try and explain them as best I can. Uh, once I hear your opinions, I might want to change mine. But I've gone 13 and 14 as John Duran and Robin Olsen which again, based on ability and what they offer, I don't think you would put them in the best 14 players for Aston Villa. But at the moment, that's our reserve goalkeeper and our reserve centre-forward. So if the top two are the, are the centre-forward and the goalkeeper, once you get yeah. past the first substitute, if you like, of Diego Carlos Cash comes to playing that, that same kind of role. After that, I'm looking to who's playing behind Martinez when he's, when he's out of the game and who's playing behind Watkins when he's out of the game. And it has to be Olsen and Duran because they're the natural players in those positions. So... They're not the best 13, 14th player in the Villa squad, but for me, I've had to rank them that highly because they're the default backup. No, I completely, completely agree with your reasoning for that. I mean, I, I haven't done that, but I agree with your reasoning for that. My 13 and 14 are Zaniolo and Bailey, purely for the reason in that I think with the way Emery uses his two tens and then his pivot, he's always going to want a right winger. So that might be Cash, it might be McGinn. It's probably more likely to be McGinn than anybody. It might be Diaby. But I think Zaniolo and Bailey across the whole season are going to get quite a lot of games still. Mm. Hopefully Bailey's at home and not away. But I think they're going to get... Um, I, I think they'll see plenty of game time. And I think quite often either of them will be the first substitute as well. If you're making mm. a change and you need to change the game, I think one of those two will come on first. So I just think in terms of the amount of game time they'll see over the season. That's why I went for them as 13 and 14. Got a lot to learn about Zaniolo. I don't know much about him yet. Um, Bailey is what he is, and he will continue to infuriate everybody. But he'll, mm. he'll play a lot this season. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely agreed. Again, I've just been going through my list while you're talking because it's on mine. I just, I've not given it enough thought once I've got to this stage and they're all just in a bit of a random order, but Zaniola and Bailey have to be slightly higher for me. So I'm going to go 15 and 16 for those. Bailey being 15 just because he's played more. And to be fair, he's played a lot under Emery over the the last season yeah. or so when we've said on the podcast not quite sure about Bailey but he continues to get game after game so to Emery he's important and that's the format of this show so 
to say he's Emery's 15th most important player probably is lower down on the list considering how much game time he's had and will continue oh, to have. Yeah. And it's probably a slight worry, to be honest, that he's even as high as he is considering his output and his injury record. But yeah, he's still important to him. So give me 17 and 18 then on the Villa ladder. Well, I've, got, um, I've got 15, 16. So Oh, sorry. 15, yes, go on. 15, 15 16. Yeah, 15, Luca Dina. I think he's going to play probably quite a lot of the cup games. They won't yeah. risk Moreno in most of the cup games, I don't think, until the cups get really serious, hopefully. Hopefully we're still in them then. And there's always the option of when we've got three games in a week, he's more than capable of stepping in. Um, yeah. I'm not sure he was the best piece of business this club could ever done, but as a footballer, he is fine. He's fine. He has attributes that are very hard to replicate, and while he's here, we'll use him. I don't doubt that mm-hmm. for a second. 16, I went for Duran, partly because of how often I think he'll be used off the bench. Watkins is going to start a lot. Duran isn't going to start a lot, but I reckon, like like happened at Everton, quite a lot of the time, Watkins will get hooked to 25 minutes to go if we're comfortably ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big season for Duran. I think he'll get a lot of minutes across all the competitions. I mean, you look in mm. December, we've got some ridiculous like 14 games if we're still in the Cups. Yeah. So he's going to he's gonna get quite a lot of minutes on the bench, I think. You think he's a full two years younger than Cameron Archer? I can I can see why they persevered with one and not the other for this season. Mm. Okay, so we're at, we're at 17 and 18 now, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so 17 for me is Luca Dean, who you've just spoken about. And again, I'm absolutely fine with him being slightly higher because he, he will play minutes. 18 for me is Yuri Tielemans, which feels criminally low considering the quality of the player. But because the midfield ahead of him is so good, Yes, he's going to play games and will come on, like you said, for Watkins and Duran. We'll see Louise and Tielemans rotate with, with 25, mm-hmm. 20 minutes to go in a lot of games. He'll start some of the Conference League games, 100% guaranteed as well. Again, this is, a, is not a list of ability, it's a list of importance. And there's players in different positions that are more important to Emery, in my opinion, than Yuri Tielemans. Yeah, I mean, I've got Tielemans at 17 and then Olsen at 18. Tielemans, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. He's an amazing person to have in the squad. But yeah. unless we're going to play three in midfield, I don't really know when he's going to play. Um, mm. I mean, I'm assuming on that kind of money, there is a plan for him that I am yet to be aware of. Um, and as a footballer, he's a phenomenal all-around footballer. You know, he can score goals. He can unlock defences from deep. You know, he moves the ball quickly. Uh, he's got tons of experience for his age. I mean, he's played so much football for, for his age. Yeah. Um He's a phenomenal person to have in the squad. I'm just kind of waiting to see what the plan is with him. I think there'll be some games we'll play a, a trickier game in Europe on the Thursday and then have a, mm-hmm. an easier game in the Premier League on the Sunday where we might think Douglas Louise could do with an extra few days and that yeah. Tielemans is the one that starts and Louise is maybe the one that comes on instead. But Tielemans is a very good player and could start most games in the Premier League for a lot of clubs in the top half. So it's not like, yeah. oh, we can only play against the easier sides, but Douglas Luiz is, is the number one midfielder in there ahead of him. So, yeah, it does feel strange to have him as low as 18th and is he 17th in yours, you said? Um, yeah, he's 17th in mine and then Olsen's 18th. I mean, I do wonder, yeah, I suppose, no, really. you know, in your, no disrespect to anybody, but in your Lutons and your Sheffield United's at home, and we're going to come to Villa Park and put 11 men behind the ball, whether it's Kamara that sits out and they yeah, play yeah. Luiz Tielemans and McGinn on one wing and then a proper winger on the other wing to try and mm. unlock the defence, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that is the the plan, but yeah. we'll see. It's a long season, hopefully. So Exactly. Six to go, then. Let's get 19 out of the way, and then we'll do the bottom five. So 19 for okay. me is Callum Chambers. Bit of a versatility player, and again, somebody that I think will get minutes throughout the season, either as a centre-half, right-back, holding midfielder, coming on for 10 minutes here and there just to 
do a job in a couple of positions. Don't think he's the best player in the world, but probably in, in the reverse of Luca Dean, a good piece of business by the club to get him. I think it was on a free or, or for a very minimal free, fee yeah. at least. Uh, won't be on high wages and can do a job, like I said, in, in a few positions, certainly against the, the lesser opposition you mentioned there. And Conference League games as well, especially those group stages, Chambers will play in those. Uh, so 19 for me, Chambers. Uh, I've gone for Longley at 19. Okay. Given his level of experience and you know the reported amount of money we're going to be paying him every week, I think part of the plan for Longley must be to get Torres out of the limelight occasionally. Um, yeah. I don't know if Torres... I think as we start to get into lots and lots of games, I think Torres will play all the big games, but I think there might be a tiny bit of rotation there. I think we might leave mm. him out when we can to give Longley some minutes. Saw him at Spurs, not sure that's the best place to judge him. Uh, haven't seen him a lot in Spain, so let's see how he gets on at the Villa. Longlow was 20 for me, but absolutely could have, have swapped those two, Chambers and Longlow. Uh, yeah. Who's 20 for you? Uh, Dendonka. Okay. Only because, and I don't know what's going on with Dendonka. I mean, Emery mentioned him in the press conference the other day saying he was working with him quite closely. Dendonka has got a lot of ability. You know, he's mm. a full Belgium international with a lot of caps. He gives us something we don't have in that he's massive and <laughs> is a bit of a unit. And we are quite a small team now, particularly without means. Yeah. He's not, he's barely featured over the summer because I think he had a baby, didn't he? And then he was injured. Um, yeah. And he's only just getting back onto the bench now. But I wonder about Dendonka sometimes. I wonder if in some of the bigger games, he might play more than we think. Um, he, play, he played against Manchester United at home last season in Emery's first game, and he was very, very good. And he was also yeah. he also put a really good performance against Brentford when Aaron Danks had just taken over from Gerrard. There's something not sitting right with Dendonka for me. I hope he can get back to what he was. But I, I put him at 20 just because he gives us something we don't have in the rest of the squad in that bit of yeah. height and bit of physicality and... He's, he's 21 for me, so uh, we're, yeah. we're, you know, we're pretty much level-pegging for, for most of these players and their positions. Something yeah. that um, probably goes under the radar a little bit, and I don't think we'll ever see it happen for us, but played in a back three for Wolves as a centre-half. So there's, yeah. there's the possibility, like, if we had an absolute crisis or, you know, again, needed to shore up that Diego Carlos comes off for half an hour when we're 5-0 up in a group stage Europa Conference League game, maybe Dendonka comes off and plays at the part of a back three and stepping into midfield and just doing a bit of nothing when yeah. we're already very, very comfortable just to give a, a fitness to others. I wonder if when we get to Bosnia or Warsaw or whether Dead Donk is quite useful to us there. I mean, he, yeah. he's, he's certainly played in big games before for Belgium. Yeah, um, might be quite useful. Anyway, so 20, I had Chambers at 21 uh, for all okay, reasons. Right. Like Callum Chambers, he's a 7 out of 10 player at everything. And mm. he will never be higher and he will never be lower, but that's fine. <laughs> that, you know, He's made a good career out of himself like that and he will be in and about the squad all season, basically. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So bottom three, then we've still got the same players so far. Yeah. 22, I've got Bertrand Troyore. Same. Okay, good. I don't know what to feel about Troyore. I've probably slagged him off a lot on the podcast over the years for various reasons of being too injury prone and not being reliable and then I always get people come back to me and say well that's a winger sometimes you know they're very flaky they blow hot and cold there's something about Truro if he's on song and, and feeling confident and Villa are also playing well already that he comes on and does something like he does against Albion a couple of years ago and rolls the ball along the floor into the back of the net and scores that goal against Leicester last year that you know there's little moments of quality out of, out of nothing so having that kind of ace up your sleeve if you really need it and then to come on and he's having a good day and he'll do something if we have to rely on him to play five, six, seven games in a row in the Premier League, I wouldn't be happy with that. So not important to an Emery, but 
can still do a job every so often. Yeah, I think they'd have moved him on if they could in the summer. Um, yeah. He's only got one year left on his contract, hasn't he, I think. Troy Ore will do one amazing thing at a time we least expect it this season and won't do a lot else. But that will be fine. <laughs> That's been his Villa career, to be honest. Oh, he, to, um, I mean, in, a, in a roundabout way, his goal against Leicester got us into Europe. 100%. And the goal against Forrest. I mean, he came yeah. on, I can't remember he went off injured, but he came on against Forrest and we were toiling until that goal. You know, mm. there was no guarantee we were going to win that game. So his contribution over that week was humongous. Uh, 23 and 24 then to end the Villa ladder. Like we said, we've, we've got the same players here, so I'll give you the honour of revealing the order. Erosbenham at 23 for me. Uh, yeah. I, I hope he gets some minutes. I don't see it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he might be. I think the only reason he hasn't gone online is because he's still injured. I hope he comes back and contributes something, and then gets a move in January because he's, there's a very good player there. He needs, like the others that have gone, he needs to play football at the top level. The difficulty for Tim is that when he comes back in January, is anybody going to be willing to spend ten million quid on him? You know, having not played a lot this season, I think he might need another line move to an upwardly mobile championship club and then we'll have to look at it in the summer. I, I don't know if there'll be the buyers for him having not played hardly any football from August to yeah. December. And 24 on the list is a little bit like the end of a cup draw and there's one ball left in and they go, oh, we all know who this is going to be and you hope that it, yes. it isn't the same player to cause a bit of carnage. Uh, uh, is it? it is Courtney Halls. For three million quid, He's been incredible value for money for this football club. He yeah. helps get promoted. He's had some big moments in the Premier League when we've needed him. Yeah, it didn't work out for him at Watford. He's not going to get picked. I'm not even sure he's been named in the squad, has he? So he he just needs a move for anybody. For, for Best for him, best for us, best for whoever's going to sign him. But there is a high-end championship centre-half there, low-end Premier League centre-half. Um but yeah, it's time for him to move on now, sadly. June 2025, his contract ends apparently, according to the transfer market. So um, yeah, still got yeah. a bit of time on that on that deal, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not going to feature for Villa. No, he'll still be 24 next year. <laughs> <laughs> so then to end the show, if you run through your 1 to 24, and I'll uh, spice it into a nice graphic for those watching, and I'll do the same, and, uh, and then here we go. So 24 players on the Aston Villa ladder ranked on their importance to an AMRA. This is Alex Berwick's list. So number one, Ollie Watkins. Number two, Emmy Martinez. Number three, Esri Consa. Number four, Douglas Luiz. Number five, John McGinn. Number six, Musa Diaby. Number seven, Pau Torres. Number eight, Alex Moreno. Number nine, Jacob Ramsey. Uh, Ten, Bubakar Kamara. Eleven, Diego Carlos. Twelve, Matty Cash. Uh, Thirteen is Zaniolo. Fourteen, Leon Bailey. Fifteen, Luca Dean. 16, John Duran. 17, Yuri Tielemans. 18, uh, Robin Olsen. 19, Clement Longley. 20, Leander Dendonka. 21, Callum Chambers. 22, Bertrand Traore. 23, Tim Rogemanum. And 24, Courtney Hawes. Nicely done. For the sake of being different, I'm going to do mine in reverse order from least important to most important. Start start the graphic at the bottom and work up. So I've got 24, Courtney Hawes, 23, Irabunum, 22, Bertrand Truro, 21, Dendonka, 20, Longai, 19, Chambers, 18, Tielemans, 17, Dean, 16, Zaniolo, 15, Bailey, 14, Olsen, 13, John Duran, 12, Diego Carlos, top 11, Matty Cash, Esri Konsa, Bubakar Kamara, Alex Moreno, Jacob Ramsey, Musa Diabe, and top five, Pau Torres, 
Douglas Louise, John McGinn, Ollie Watkins, and number one, Ballon d'Or winner, Amy Martinez. <laughs> uh, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you for the last hour. Like I said at the very start, I urge those listening or watching on to go over to the, the YouTube channel and get involved in the comments. It's actually, once you get past the first top three or four, I think it's very difficult to, to judge the rest of them. And uh, looking at both of our lists, some of them are, are fairly similar. I feel quite nice to uh, have come on and be like, oh, I really right, Alex's opinion, and to have matched a lot of, of what you've said close enough to go, oh, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, Alex, <laughs> thanks very, very much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. No problem. It's been great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hopefully we'll have you on again at some point throughout the season. Uh, as we said at the very start, we're, we're all very big fans of your Twitter account, at least, if nothing else. So uh, that's great. If you want to go and follow Thank Alex, uh, I'll leave a link down below or it'll be on screen as well. Uh, cheers everyone for watching this this episode of the Cartoon Blue Podcast. Cheers Alex again for joining me and uh, we'll see you again very soon. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 